everybody. Welcome back to the Chiefly Football Podcast. I am the underqualified host, Kenlock. And today we're going to be previewing the <clears throat> Week 9 game between the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. And here joining me today is Staten. Staten, thank you for joining me today. Um, I know you had a long day of work working in the snow outside, so... Uh, Glad you're able to take your five hour nap afterward and and meet up with me for this episode. You know, the people, the listeners are probably thinking you're exaggerating on that five hour nap, but folks, he is not. It was splendid. So, what are you gonna be doing for the rest of the night? Uh, I actually have a late rugby practice tonight. We rented an indoor facility, so at, we're gonna be running from 10 p.m. to midnight. I'm going to have work at 4 a.m. again, so um, we'll see if I am able to survive work tomorrow. <laughs> well, good luck. Um, that's exciting to hear about the rugby. It sounds like your team's going places if you're able to rent out indoor facilities. I don't know if it's a nice indoor facility. Or if it's like More, a- um, the fact that it's at 10 p.m. at night, I don't think there's <laughs> it's probably a little bit cheaper. You can afford the prime spot, <laughs> prime <laughs> prime time slot. Yeah. Places just like, yeah, we're not usually open during that time, but if you're willing to pay us, then yeah, go for yeah, it. Like, well, we we got a spare set of keys. It's probably just like a random church around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I know that you were, um, were struggling this week with the Chiefs not playing. But it's good to move move past that and move on to uh, the Chiefs' next game against the Tennessee Titans. But it was still kind of a big week, definitely in the NFL. Maybe not so much for the Chiefs, but there was still some some news uh, newsworthy items that happened for the Chiefs. Um, I guess the well, I think the biggest one is just Trent McDuffie finally being removed from the the pup list. <clears throat> um, he was taken off the IR a couple of weeks ago. Um, so he's been practicing for the last couple of weeks and he's been eligible to play, but it sounds like they're just kind of taking it slow and probably just waiting till after the bye week. And um, so he's kind of, he's been activated now. So it sounds like he'll finally be making his, um, playing in his first game since week one. So that was definitely um, some encouraging news that came out this week. Lucas Niang is also practicing again, which is, you know, could be a great addition to help Wiley out there on the right side of the line, out there on tackle. So it will be interesting to see how he progresses. I know it's been like eight weeks. He ri- he ruptured a tendon. Um, I think he was, was at the end of, at the end of last season that he ruptured it. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been on the field much since, yeah. So it was probably towards the end of last season, and he wasn't even really, yeah, I guess he, he just wasn't even healthy enough, obviously, in the preseason to be competing for a spot. Um, so it's good to see him back. He's just struggled with injuries, even going back to college. Um, but Chiefs could use all the depth that they can get at the tactical position right now. So I'd say his return is a welcome one if he can be fully healthy and 
get back in the swing of things. And then the other, um, I guess, newsworthy event was the Chiefs trading away Rashad Fenton to the Atlanta Falcons for a conditional seventh round pick. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's not really worth anything, a conditional seventh round. I don't know if that's conditional, or I guess I don't know what the conditions are. It probably is dependent on him playing a certain amount of snaps or or something like that. But a seventh round pick anyway isn't really that much. Though that being said, we did we do have a seventh round pick from this past draft playing very well for us at cornerback. So um what did yeah, you think about the what did you think about the Chiefs trading Fenton away? Considering um I mean cornerback's kind of an important position. Yeah, and it's definitely a position where you want some depth and um you know when we have a defensive back group that is so young, uh it's good to have some experience in there. So I was I was pretty surprised that we traded Fenton away, but it looks like the you know Spagnola and the, the, the chief staff are um pretty confident in the in the young buds that we have and uh Williams and Watson and McDuffie coming back. So you know we got Sneed as well who's been a fantastic uh you know uh cornerback for us as well. So I, I feel like it was more of a you know we don't really need him and he's taking up a roster spot that you know can be filled by McDuffie and you know it's more a cap space he freed up some cap space as well and we probably just you know the way that the rookies are playing we just didn't see much of a future you know uh, with Fenton um and so I mean I also think it's a great pickup for um for the for the Falcons who have had some injuries on their defense I think AJ Terrell is out um so you know it'll help their their defensive back group as well to have some experience and Fenton has been he's been a you know, a solid, uh, you know, plug-and-play plug kind of player for the Chiefs, so it'll be good for the for the Falcons. I hope he has a lot of success there. Yeah. Yeah, he's been um, kind of like that, that fourth or third corner for the Chiefs for the last few years. And he was like a mid-late round pick as well that the Chiefs were able to kind of develop into a solid contributor but yeah, I think it just goes to show how confident the Chiefs are in their depth at the cornerback position, um, with Williams and Watson playing as well as they have been, and like you said, McDuffie coming back. Um, yeah, I think it just it made sense. I think Fenton was once he did return from his his injury that he's just worked his way back from. Um, I think he probably would have ended up being like the fifth or six cornerback on the depth chart anyway. Um, so he wasn't going to be getting much playing time. So the Chiefs being able to get anything that they could for him um, and and freeing up some cap space, like you mentioned. And he was going to be a free agent after this season anyway. So, yeah, I think it just worked out for, for everybody. Um, do you think the Chiefs are going to use that additional cap space? Do you think they were actually – that that was a priority for them. You think they're looking to to making a move specifically? Um, I mean, yeah. Well, obviously, we're still in the runnings for OB for OBJ. 
Um, it just depends on, you know, what exactly OBJ is prioritizing, whether it's money, scheme, um, Super Bowl potential, like what his role would be in the offense. It, it all just depends on on what his priority is. But um, I also feel like, you know, like what you said, he, he probably wasn't going, you know, the Chiefs didn't see a long-term deal with him. And so, you know, just get something for him while you can. Um, especially while the uh, rookies are performing so well. And then also, you know, you never know with – with we've been very lucky thus far with injuries, um, but, you know, you never know who you're going to have to replace or, you know, the guys you'll have to pick up or bring up or activate, you know, and that costs some money as well. So it's just nice to have, you know, some extra salary cap to work with. And, you know, if we don't use any of it, it rolls in the next season as well. So um, I don't necessarily think it means that there's a, a big move coming. Um, I think it was just like it, it made it made sense to to move him while we could get something for him or potentially get something for him. Right. Yeah. That that cap flexibility is is important, and we've seen in years past where the Chiefs have been able to make moves um, late in the season, signing a a veteran to to help them make their playoff push. All right. Was there any other big news items that you wanted to talk about? Um, I felt like, yeah, the news coverage was just swamped with major moves made by other teams. So I guess maybe that, I don't know if that's something that you want to talk about, just because I know that once we get into talking about the Titans, it's probably going to go through pretty quick um, as far as how we think this game's going to be playing out. So um, a couple other teams made some moves. The Bills made a trade with the Colts. They got nine Hines. Um, kind of a, a pass catching third down back. Uh, the Dolphins seem to be the most active and and made the biggest splash, trading for Bradley Chubb and bringing over Jeff Wilson from the 49ers. Um, trying to think of the Ravens, they made their trade for um, Roquan Smith, Bears linebacker. Bears went and got Chase Claypool. Yep. Yeah, and I guess specifically too, but yeah, um, yeah. So I guess just the fact that the Steelers were, um, I guess were sellers, but I don't know if they were that high on Claypool to, to begin with, anyway. But um, um TJ Hawkinson going to the Vikings, I think, is a, I think it's a it's a good pick by the Vikings. Yeah, a good pick for your fantasy team too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Not upset with that. Nine Pines. I just picked him up like last week and now he's on the Bills. So that's fantastic. One of the most uh, efficient pass catchers out of the backfield in the league. And now he's on probably one of the heaviest passing teams. So happy with that. Yeah. So I guess maybe it just stands out that a lot of these other, particularly AFC contenders, were active on the day and trying to make their teams better. Whereas the chiefs besides that Fenton move, uh, they were, they did make a trade for Casarius Tony earlier um, in the week, but I mean, they, they were quiet on the, on the deadline day and didn't make any major moves to fill up positions like pass rush that a lot of fans kind of wanted to see. Were you disappointed in, in the chiefs not making a bigger splash. I know that there were some players that you were wanting the Chiefs to potentially make a move on. 
yeah, no, I was, uh, I mean, obviously in the perfect world, like you wanted, I mean, it would have been fantastic to get an edge rusher like um, Brian Burns or, I mean, Bradley Chubb, obviously they probably wouldn't have traded him to an inter, you know, divisional rival, but um, yeah, just someone that can bring some extra pressure along the outside would have been fantastic. But I mean, the, the asking price for those players are just so high right now because, you know, the way that the league is going with being such a, a pass-heavy league, having pass rushers is a huge deal on defense, and it takes a lot, you know, a lot of pressure off the cornerbacks and linebackers and stuff in coverage. So, um, I, I'm fine, you know, with Brian Burns. I guess the Panthers turned down two first-round picks from the Rams, which probably wouldn't have come until like 2028, 20, <laughs> anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, I think just the I, I trust Veach, and well, it seems to be that the the Chiefs' mentality is that yes, we want to win, but we're not going to sacrifice our future just you know for a chance of success. And obviously, defensive players are more um, I feel like reliable as long as they get in the right scheme to be you know contributors. It's a little bit more iffy from an offensive player because you have to learn the playbook that's a little bit more um, intense. Um, but yeah, I trust Veach and, um, you know, it's, he's done this very well thus far. So, um, we'll just hope, we'll just hope that, you know, Carl Loftus and the rest of the defensive line can, can continue to, you know, make those steps forward in the pass rush game. Yeah. I think the pass rush is going to have to get better. Like those, those front four, like that's going to have to get better come playoff time because you don't want to be relying on, on your defensive backs and linebackers to be bring pressure um, when you're playing the best quarterbacks in the league and who can take advantage of those, um, those limited numbers in the secondary. So there's definitely uh, opportunity there for the defensive line to get better, especially Carl Optus. Um, and we'll get Mike Dana back hopefully soon. Um, I mean, he'll be able to contribute a little bit at least. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to have going to need to see improvement there. And I, I bet that the Chiefs are still looking and keeping their eye out for a veteran pass rusher that might become available. Uh, just based on on edge rushers who were going to be coming available after this season as free agents, uh, it doesn't look like any of them are are in a position or on a team who would just willingly let a player like that go, like Suggs was let go a couple of years ago. Um, most of those free agent players are, are on contending teams. Um, and the ones that weren't got traded. <laughs> so um, yeah, just something to keep an eye on, but hopefully the chiefs can, can get better in-house at that address position. But um, I guess it was just a frustration, I'm sure, for fans uh, that you see other competitive teams around the league getting better while the Chiefs just kind of stood still and um, and didn't really make that effort to get better. And I think you could make the argument about, you know, competing or, like, trying – your hardest to win now and not mortgaging your future, like kind of what you alluded to with Veach, but 
I mean, the Rams are are a team that are always seem to be all in this year, and they've had recent success with that. And there's there's still been competitive because they've been able to um, efficiently use those minimum number of draft picks to to still build their team. But I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, having eight or nine draft picks is nice come April, but you know, what if we had traded? I don't know, a third and a fifth for a decent pass rusher or something like, like, you don't always want to be thinking, well, next year, well, next year, when you have Patrick Mahomes and I don't know, I just feel like that we're kind of taking for granted every single year that we're having, because we know that we'll have Mahomes for 10 years. Um, yeah. I just, I just, so my thing is, is like, if we, We have such a young defense, and I I feel like a lot of the core players are still quite young, um, or under contract for a little bit longer, and so I feel like there isn't as much rush to do like a win now kind of thing. Um, and then like you, you like you said to the, uh, about the Rams, like them, you know, they're notorious for just giving away first round picks, um, and it, it worked. I mean, they got a Super Bowl, but. I mean, now they're kind of just, I mean, this season they've kind of just stalled and they don't really have much of a future just because, um, I mean, they don't, I don't think they have a first round pick until 2028. So there's not like they can make any big like trades like they want to unless, you know, the team is willing to wait five years. I don't think it's quite 2028. That seems like a long time. I don't even think you can trade more than like three years out. Hold on. I think, I think I've read somewhere that they were like, let me see Rams next. Should have had our stats guy on this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I was wrong. So it says the Rams have not made a first round pick since taking Jared Goff in twenty sixteen. And won't make a first round pick until the earliest at twenty twenty four. All right. So yeah. Maybe not twenty twenty eight, but <laughs> I was like um it's just it's just a big risk just because I mean like you're trading those people and if you're giving them that much that much draft capital, it's either because you know they're young and they have a lot of potential or they're they are um they're you know cemented as a solid player but you know they're probably like at the end of their you know they're probably coming up to the end of their contract or something so i don't know if it's if it's you know quite worth it to to give up all that draft capital but you know veach has done well so far and honestly even if we got like a like a a mid like a a mid-tier pass rusher i still don't think that that like i think we would need an elite pass rusher to really get this over the edge i don't know if a mid mid-tier pass rusher improves us that much. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess it just depends on the players that they're that they're going after. Um I just it feels like the next few years, like there's always going to be turnover now with young players. Like they're they're gonna keep trying to build through the draft, which is what they've been doing. Um but like next year we're gonna be losing hard men. Um we're going to be losing Juju. 
Um, yeah, we'll have Tony and more, but they're at, by that point, they'll be unproven still. Um, like the defense. I mean, I, th I just feel like there's always going to be three or four starters, new starters on the team who are going to be young. And there's always going to be that learning curve <clears throat> every season because we're continuing to build that way. I just wonder if maybe some of those picks might be more effective, you know, at the trade deadline when you're making your push to win the Super Bowl. Because you you know, we know right now that the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders this season. Like where we are in the season. So we know like what they need and what could potentially push them over. Whereas the draft picks are kind of just like we'll see what those turn into in a year or whatever. I don't know. So yeah, I, I just feel like I just feel like we're already Super Bowl contenders now. And the only team that I'm really nervous about is the Bills. And I and although they got Heinz, I I don't see that as a huge upgrade or like a game changing upgrade. So I feel like we're still in a good spot to to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, there are teams, there are teams that got closer to us, but I still... Yeah, I mean, you were just I'm talking about before this that you don't want to play the Dolphins in the playoffs. Yeah. That's because they made those moves. Uh, I mean, I think it's more just the fact that I don't know if our secondary can handle Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I don't think Bradley Chubb gives me that much of a, you know... Right, but the the Dolphins were they they made a big move to get Tyreek Hill. I mean they they gave us a ton of picks for Tyreek Hill, and it changed. I mean, it essentially made them Super Bowl contenders based on how the season turned out. Obviously, they didn't know if Tua was going to be as effective as he is, and and Waddle was going to come along the same way, but. Being able to make big splashes like that really, <clears throat> um, yeah, just puts you in a better position to win now. And I think while the Bills, I, I have no idea why they made that move in the first place because they already have James Cook who does exactly the same thing and that they just drafted in the second round. But their team was already better than the Chiefs. So we're really just putting all of our faith in Mahomes, which I guess we kind of have to do anyway, but you're putting a lot more pressure on him by not making the team around him better year after year. It's just you're you're relying on Mahomes to carry you every single year because you're always having new players and you're not necessarily building with established veterans who can come in, come in and contribute right away. Whereas Josh Allen, the Bills, like they've built – a, a really good team around Josh Allen. He doesn't have to carry their team. I agree, but next year, you know, Von Miller's gone. Or uh, is Von Miller gone next year? Was it just a one-year deal? Yeah, I don't remember. But who's to say they're not going to go out and get another pass rusher who can? I just feel like I, I, for some reason I feel like he's getting an insane amount of money. <laughs> I feel I like he's like twenty, like like thirty five million or something like that. For one no year, <laughs> no. Hold on. Okay, so I think he's 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 signed through twenty twenty four. I think. Okay. Oh, good for him, dude! <laughs> I wish we had him. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. And and Veach is always, I think he does a good job of making sure that whatever deal that they make is the right fit for them. So ultimately, I do trust him. I just, I wonder if we'll look back in four or five years if the Chiefs only have one Super Bowl and just be like, well, yeah, they've been AFC championship contenders for the last 10 years, which is pretty much all you can really ask for from a team, but could they have made a couple more Super Bowl pushes and won a couple more Super Bowls if they had not gone all the way in? Because the Chiefs don't need to go. They don't need to get rid of that much capital to get to where they need to be, but I don't know. I just don't want them to be like the Packers or like Rodgers was always good enough to get them to the NFC Championship, but their team was never good enough to win. Yeah, but also, I f- I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is a leadership. It's, it's just a different style than Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers does well with with young players who are inexperienced. No, and that's the he's not, mu- he's not much of like a mentor. No, but but that's why they've done they've done a good job before of surrounding him with veteran talent. I don't ask me what I think the Packers are doing because I have zero idea. I was shocked the most that they did not make it that they did not make a trade. I was I was shocked that they didn't get him any help. Yeah, yeah, them and the the Ravens offense not giving him a, not giving Jackson any help, but yeah, I, I don't know. Don't want to get off on a tangent about Rodgers and everything, but I feel like the front office has done him a, kind of a disservice. They they wait till he's old and he's in win now mode to go and draft young wide receivers who need to learn <clears throat> the game and the NFL speed, get on the same page with him. It's not great timing, but. Is there anything else, or are you ready to move on to the Titans preview? Let's dive right in, my guy. All right. So the Tennessee Titans are visiting Arrowhead Stadium this week. Um, they are 5-2, and two, just like the Kansas City Chiefs, and they are in first place in the AFC South. Um. The AFC South is just a horrendous division, have been for the last couple of years. <clears throat> um, their 5-2 and two record is pretty deceiving just because they've just beat up on bad teams. Um, I mean, they lost, their, they lost to the Giants by one point week one, and then they got blown out by the Bills the next week, and then they've just kind of won a couple close games against AFC South rivals and the Raiders. So, yeah, bit of a deceiving 5-2 and two record. The Chiefs are coming in here with the same record, and they are 12.5-point favorites, which is massive in the NFL. So everybody expects the Chiefs to really beat down on the Titans this week. Um, and then there's still some... Um, I don't know if it's built into the spread, just the uncertainty there. But Ryan Tannehill, who's been a Titans quarterback for the last few years, um, he has an ankle injury. He missed last week, and 
he's still questionable this week. I'm thinking that he's probably not going to play. Um, but even if he does play, he's probably going to be limited in what he can do physically. And I don't know if you think it, it even matters. No, I'm looking at his stats right now. He's 27th in yards with just over 1,000 yards. He's 25th in touchdowns with six touchdowns. He has three interceptions, and he has the 25th uh, ranked quarterback rating with 40. <laughs> so uh, I'm not nervous at all about whether Tannehill or Malik Will starts. Obviously, if Willis plays, there's a, a added um, the added variable of his athleticism. But even then, I don't think that makes a huge difference. I think that just the biggest thing is uh, stopping Derrick Henry, and we've been able to do that quite well in the past. And especially with the defense that we have now with the young athleticism and um, we don't have to worry about Benton even having to try to tackle him. Uh, I think we'll be I think we'll be pretty well off. Well, we don't have Dan Sorensen to use as a battering ram against him anymore either. So, but thankfully we have Nick Bolton, we have Willie Gay, Leo Chanel. Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more of him. I know that you're hoping to see him step up and have a big game. Yeah, I want to see Brian Cook as well. Uh, Brian Cook is a hard hitter, and uh, he's been getting some good percentage of the snaps uh, back there at safety. So I'd like to see him, you know, come up and give him a, get, lay the wood, you know, down on on King Henry. So yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be a a, a fun physical game, you know, to watch. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who aren't super familiar with the Titans, Derrick Henry is their running back, and he is very good. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's been the most effective running back in the NFL last like six years, probably the most effective running back in recent memory, as far as like the way he can take over games and just put the team on his back. Um, yeah, I think he's been the closest running back to winning MVP just I mean, they feed him the ball so much. <laughs> the The fact that, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, you're on mute, so that's kind of confusing. I'm sorry. I was gonna say they feed him more than than uh, Nathan's feeds Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Save that for our hot dog eating contest podcast. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so th- they rely heavily on him, and he's a big boy. He's like six. What is he? Six three, like two fifty, and he's fast. Like, I mean, once he starts, once he gets going, he'll he'll outrun defensive backs. Um. So. So he's he's definitely the main threat, and then Malik Willis. He's a rookie this this year. He's a third round pick. Um, going into the draft, he was considered like the top three or four quarter quarterbacks. It was kind of a weak quarterback class this, this year, but um, he's a dual threat guy and he has like Lamar Jackson athleticism as far as his ability to run. Um, It's just his, you know, his passing is something that's going to have to be developed at this level, which is why he um, went into the season as a backup and was taken in the third round of the draft. But he his his athleticism athleticism does present some challenges to the Chiefs. So it'll just be a matter of of containing 
the running ability for those two. And I'm pretty confident that Chiefs will be able to do that, especially since they've upgraded that's their speed on defense. Um, and they don't have to really worry about the wide receivers. They did have a, a first-round rookie wide receiver, but he's on IR. And they really just don't have any other weapons on offense to to con- concern the Chiefs. And then on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of the same thing. Um not really great at any of the three levels. Their safeties are probably their best position group. Um, and Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line is good, but he's been battling injuries. So the Chiefs shouldn't really have a problem moving the ball. The Titans are third in the NFL in stopping the run as far as yards against. Um, but the Chiefs are just so good throwing the ball that it doesn't matter. <laughs> um so I think this is going to end up being a blowout uh, for the Chiefs. And I, when we do our score predictions, I often uh, project a blowout for the Chiefs against bad teams. And they <clears throat> most of the time do not follow through on that. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I should actually officially make a prediction of a blowout, but I'm going to do it anyway because that's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win 34 to 9. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm confident that we're going to smash them as well, but you think we're going to hold them to nine points? Yeah. With a rookie, with a rookie quarterback, the fact that they only have to stop Derrick Henry, I don't think there's any way that they score. And I think. They get in field goal range a couple times and kick field goals. I think the only way that the the Titans win this game is that the Chiefs beat themselves by muffing punts inside the red zone, um, tipped passes for interceptions, um, I don't know, roughing the passer penalties or just things that they've done to beat themselves in the past, in the recent past, honestly, but on paper, I just don't see any way if, if both of these teams play, you know, an A game or a B game that the Chiefs don't beat them <clears throat> by a substantial margin. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. I just, I mean, I guess my score isn't too off of yours, but I'm I'm going to say that the final score is going to be 39 to 13. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I think that their defense is. I think it's going to be a lot. That's bigger. That's, that, that's bigger than my margin. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't have the. I didn't have any issue with your margin. I just think nine points is is crazy. But I mean, I can I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> I think that they might get lucky with like you know. I I feel like the Chiefs always do something every game to kind of hurt ourselves a little bit. So I feel like they'll they'll be able to capitalize on the touchdown off that. But like you said, I don't think they'll be able to you know productively move the ball on their own. Um, and then I, I just do not see any way that this defense is able to stop really anything that the, that the, the Chiefs are going to be able to do. Um, I guess it all just depends on the gameplay. Um, oh, sorry, on the game plan. If Andy wants to, you know, maybe focus a little bit more on the run this game, then obviously that'll affect the scoring. Um, I would like to see Pacheco get more carries. He did start last game, but even then, the snap share was pretty. You know, he's still had a low amount of the snap share. So I would like to see him um, get some more carries. But 
you know, if, if, if Patty's, you know, wheeling and dealing, then <laughs> yeah, we're, it's not, you know, it's not going to be a fun week for the, for Titans fans. Yeah. As long as the Chiefs protect Mahomes, I think it's just, yeah, it's good. It's got to be a bloodbath. And I think the offensive line will, will do a good job. The Titans have been good against the run, but they've also played really bad running teams. So, yeah, very confident in the Chiefs this week. Um, so hopefully when we do our review podcast early next week, we're talking about a Chiefs 34-9 victory. Um, <clears throat> so, Staten, thank you for joining me tonight. That should do it for our wrap our uh, our preview show, um, like you said, it was a quick one, but I think it's pretty cut and dry this week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, make sure you guys check us out on social media, and we'll talk to you guys later. Have a great night.